Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric here with iRight Veteran 8888. Today, I've got a very special gun gripe here uh, for you on the channel. I've got a special guest here, Sarah Higdon. She's going to be hanging out with me today. We're going to be talking about trans rights and where it coexists with 2A rights. Now, I understand. Look, I'm going to go ahead and say in this video, I know we're probably going to draw some hate from many people, but bring it on. Because we're uh, we're quite okay, but we're going to have a good, honest discussion about all of these things. And uh, look, you know, things have changed a lot in recent years. And um, I know there's been a lot of varying opinions about how a lot of things are handled. I mean, look, there, there's people even within the 2A community that have their own indifferences about how things are handled with 2A rights, right? You know, there's a subset of gun owners that don't think you should have an AR or something like that. You know, FUDs that we call them, right? But it turns out, Sarah, that, that y'all deal with a lot of the same crap in the trans community, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have more right-wing uh, trans people like myself, Blair White, Buck Angel, um, and, and many others who are very much hated by those on the left. They don't really like us because we're out here and we can have these conversations with people that don't fall in with leftist values. People like me who grew up conservative, served in the military, um, grew up those with those types of values and have never saw myself with people like in line with the people on the left. Um, and they will claim that I'm working against my own rights when I think it's, it's a, the exact opposite. And in reality, I don't know what rights I don't have that everybody else has right now. I think the, the, the common, you know, thing that gets kind of thrown around is that, well, if all of these people on this one political side of the situation, let's just say uh, for the sake of argument for this uh, video, the right, let's say if the right, um, let's say hates transgender people, right? And that would maybe want to cause them harm. Well, wouldn't a transgender person want to be able to protect themselves against anyone that would do them harm regardless of their political? <laughs> yeah, you can views? imagine, you can imagine we hear so often in the media, right? That there's this, quote unquote trans genocide going on from people on the left yet those same people will sit here and tell me that or tell everybody that i don't have a right to defend myself how are how, how i don't know how uh, you know the, the the people on that side of the aisle can square that circle like how do you say that these people are in such such change in such danger that they that they don't have the, the right to defend themselves that you're trying to take everybody's guns away and their self defense away it's it, it's the same argument that we make with with that you know anti second amendment rights are anti women because who are i mean guns are the great equalizer when it comes to you know protecting the most vulnerable so women absolutely need gun rights more than men when you really think about it, because a man can overpower a woman, but he can't overpower a gun. That's right. You know, a, a, a firearm is always going to put someone on equal footing. You know, you could have some 110-pound little lady who, you know, maybe can't get into a bar fight or something, but you better believe if someone tries to hurt her that she's got the ability to put herself on equal footing with anyone that would cause her harm. Gosh, come on. That's a universally accepted truth. I think we can all agree that everyone needs to be able to protect themselves. Now, would you say that in terms of the trans community, and, and I know it's really it, earlier we were discussing this in a little bit of detail, like how you even hate to say community because it's like there are so many different varying opinions about it all. So it's really hard to say, well, is it really me just being myself or the community being what it is? But within that community, uh, how many folks 
are armed. Do you think the majority of them own firearms and they're into guns? Well, that's one thing that we've seen. Um, I, I, I don't think that there's a lot. I think the vast majority, um, probably not. I, I don't know a ton, but when you really start to look at stuff too, and you look at how society has kind of broken up, you do see like what we call Trantifa now out there. And so Antifa and them, they are gun people. They carry firearms. And so you do start to see some people, especially in, in the trans community, you know, wanting to protect their own with firearms. And so they're not the anti-gun people that you see out there. So there is still even that division on the left side of the aisle. <laughs> so it seems like, you know, you draw a fair bit of hate from probably both the left and the right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, what's crazy is this adventure on Twitter that, that I've been undertaking. I mean, if you don't follow me on Twitter, make sure you follow me and also follow Sarah on Twitter as well. Um, but Twitter is an interesting thing because, you know, it brings out the best and worst of people. And it, I would say more times than not, it probably brings out the worst of people. Because, you know, when you can sit from behind, a, you know, a computer and just be anonymous and, you know, talk at whatever crap you want to somebody, I don't know, it gives certain people an amount of power that they might feel. But Twitter is also a great place to drive conversation and to drive a narrative and to sort of figure out, a bit of a conversation involving a, a given issue or a given topic. And the reason I mentioned all that, that whole spiel is one, I want you to follow us on Twitter, but two, the other reason is because, well, uh, quite frankly, you know, a lot of folks that follow me on Twitter are, you know, gay, uh, trans, lesbian, uh, different sexual persuasion, whatever you may say. Right. Um, but you know, they all follow me because they appreciate the universal concept of self-preservation. And, um, I think there is a big disconnect between the left and the right on what the role of government is when it comes to uh, the Second Amendment or, you know, how far the government should be able to push their policies um, for or against the Second Amendment. When really the Second Amendment is written in a way that you just need to leave it alone. Like it tells the government what they cannot do, not what we can do. And of course, that's the libertarian in me coming out saying Look, I mean, it says what it says, and it means what it means. I, I, I would, I'd be okay with us owning tactical nukes or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm all 100% constitutional um, Second Amendment. Do you think that the culture in general, just and maybe not even necessarily trans community, but but just culture in general, do you think that it's it's shifting in a way where firearms uh, rights are way way more important to a, a, a much larger group of people than they used to be? Yeah, I think that. So what's interesting, um, I made the case quite a lot, quite a bit when it came to lockdowns and stuff like that. That one of the reasons why the, the United States did not go as far as, say, Australia was because we have the Second Amendment. The government will not go certain places because they know that the armed populace, we have an armed populace. And they, they might like to think that they, you know, they might like to fantasize about, you know, that they have F-16s and all this stuff. But we also look what happened in Afghanistan. Like if there was this issue that ever was brought up, I think that they know that it would not be as simple as they think it would be to shut down the entire populace. And, and they don't want that. I mean, it's, it would be a bad situation for everybody. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I am a second amendment purist. I think what people begin to not realize about the second amendment, because you will have a lot of people say, well, it's not universal. It's for, you know, a well-armed militia. Um, and what's really funny about that is because people don't know how to read the old English text, you know, <laughs> it's because it says, um, it shall not be infringed. 
So that's the first, that's the actual statement of what the, uh, of what the second amendment means. And so then the second statement, because a well-regulated militia is, is, uh, is key to securing the state. That is the reasoning behind the first statement. They like to think that the well-regulated militia is why we had the second amendment is for militias has nothing to do with that. It's the first statement. So I, I think people get that, that wrong a lot online. They don't really understand how it's written. And so that's why even courts will interpret it very differently because it, it's based on, I mean, there's a lot of certain biases, but I think that it's most important right now, as we see the country be more and more divided, it's more important that we have, you know, the right to protect ourselves. When we see what's going on across the country in cities like, or yeah, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, uh, New York, all these, even these retail, like the high retail theft and all this stuff right there, like a lot of this stuff, with a well-armed population, they, I mean, they know that they're not, they're not going to come up against somebody that would threaten them doing whatever the heck they want. They are going to be able to just run amok and nobody's going to stop them and they can assault people. They can do whatever they want and nobody's going to stop them. But if you have, if you, if you don't, if you are afraid of who might be armed, then it's, it's gonna, that will prevent crime that it just, it's just a deterrent. So like when you end gun-free zones, it becomes a deterrent because you don't know who's going to be armed. I mean, um, you know, we live, I mean, we're down here in Georgia and it's like most of the areas around here don't have these issues because we are very libertarian down here. Even in Atlanta, it's like certain spots in Atlanta in the gun-free zones, you have issues. But other than that, it's like, it's a blue city and a red state where we have constitutional carry and just about everybody does carry. So. And, and generally everybody gets along. I mean, yeah. so that would lead me to sort of ask my, my next question would be along the lines of, well, we know that generally anti-gunners, maybe not always, but usually are more left-leaning. Let's just say that's more of a leftist trait to be generally anti-gun or, or to be heavily restrictive on guns, right? We know that's kind of their talking point. We know that's part of their platform. But then there's probably some right wingers, like someone on the extreme other end of the of the perspective that would say, Well, I don't think the transgender people should be armed because I strongly disagree with their lifestyle or uh, I disagree with them so much I consider them my enemy that well now I wouldn't want my enemy to be armed who could then cause harm to me. Isn't that, in, in some way, shape, or form, a little bit of an anti-gun statement in of itself? Yeah. Even if someone were extremely right-wing and thought, well, people that are vastly different than me, I don't think they should be armed. I don't want my enemy to be armed. That's their view. But that in of itself is an anti-gun statement. What what would be yeah. your response to that sort of level of thinking from the right? Well, again, When you consider yourself probably more right-wing. Than, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm a right-wing and libertarian. But right. I think giving the government any type of power, you have to think about what will happen when the other side gets control. Um, so when pe- you hear people, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm the first to say that, yes, having gender dysphoria is a mental illness, and I don't think that we should stigmatize mental illnesses. Um, but I also think that by 
limiting gun rights to if you have a mental illness, you can't own a gun. I think that prevents people from actually getting the help that they need. And also, if you're somebody that's on the right and you think that trans people shouldn't own guns because we have a mental illness, then I think that you have to think about like what's to prevent the left from saying that conservatism is a mental illness and using that same terminology against you. I don't think it's right. I don't think conservative is, but that's what they will say in order to take away your rights. So mm-hmm. if you're wanting to use, if you're willing to use the force of government to take away somebody else's rights, like my rights, then um, you better be prepared that they're going to come and try to do it to you. The pendulum always swings in both directions, <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? It does. And, and the truth of the matter is right. That when we look at it under that sort of, you know, type of litmus test, uh, when you look at that pendulum swing in both directions and people always continuously abusing the power when the, when the opportunity presents itself, I think people tend to lose sight of the fact that, yes, you don't want to give these people a scrap of power because they're going to abuse it. All right. What if the left ever said, all right, well, since we're uh, you know keeping people from owning guns based on some mental condition, well, guess what, all of you 20 years worth of GWAT veterans? Uh, if you have post-traumatic stress syndrome or you were ever in warfare, well, guess what? You are, uh, you know, mentally, we, we don't think you should own a gun or whatever. And there might be pe- people on the right uh, that think that as well, maybe some of them. Who, who knows, right? But the point is, though, is I, I believe that you have to be careful. When you open up Pandora's box and you give, um, let's just say, an overseeing government, overbearing government, which we clearly have in front of us, when you give them the keys to Pandora's box and just let them go crazy with it, well, what are they going to do? They're going to go crazy with it. They're going to go all right, well, when the right is in charge, they're going to do whatever they can against whoever they view uh, the left gun owners might be, whether that be a transgender community or the black community or whatever community, right? Apply whatever stereotype you want to apply, but they're going to use that weapon at their disposal when they have it. And then the pendulum swings the other direction. What's the left going to do? Oh, they're going to go after conservatives. Like right now, we see a weaponized DOJ, a weaponized ATF, a weaponized FBI, I mean, now, if you're on the left right now and you're seeing all this stuff go on, now, this might be slightly out of context of the conversation Sarah and I are having, but maybe in some ways not. But if you were looking at that situation, could you not draw the conclusion, even as a leftist, a card-toting leftist, wow, this doesn't really feel right. This feels like these folks are really, like, weaponizing their authority against a political dissonance. Well, do you not think that that pendulum's not going to swing the other direction eventually? You know, that's my concern. And I think that it takes – I consider myself really more of a, of a centralist, although I will say I am certainly right-wing leaning, of mm-hmm. course. Like I wouldn't say I'm extreme right-wing, but I'm definitely a right, right-winger. Um, but when you look at that perspective, I, I feel like the nuance gets lost in the conversation because people can't – they can't have a reasonable conversation. So, Sarah, what do you feel most – people within the trans community that let's just say piss off the right wingers or, you know, and, and piss off more of that side of the aisle. Right. Do you think it's because they're not unreasonable or they're not being reasonable that they're being a little bit kind of extreme, if you will, like what would you consider to be something extreme in that community that might yeah, I mean, well, be worth kind of going, Hey, what, what's the deal here? I mean, especially when it comes to transitioning children, I think that most people, um, and I think most people on even on the right wing side of the aisle, nobody really cared about trans issues until it's they, you know, the people started to transition children. 
Like that's the biggest issue that comes comes down with this, and it's like it's it shouldn't be a left or right issue to protect children. It should just be common sense. Um, but it's become such a big issue um, in the community. Um, but I will say, like it's it's interesting because we were talking about this earlier, right? Like I, what is it? Um, the internet is what creates a lot of these issues, right? So the internet highlights the biggest extremes on both sides. As I, I don't think that the vast majority of people still really care what you do. Again, just don't take kids to direct my story hour. Don't don't teach my kids about this stuff. Like let's let's um let parents have their rights, like parents decide for their children. I think most people are in that camp. The studies even show that Democrats don't want like 68% of Democrats don't want you transitioning children. Um, so when you look at those studies and then you see the vitriol online, I think online, it's just, it, it highlights the extreme. I traveled the country and I've done a lot of events, um, with different mom organizations. And it's so funny because I have people wearing MAGA hats and Trump supporters and all these people, people coming up and giving me hugs and saying, you know, thank you for what you're doing and everything like that, which you would never expect that these are the people that are, you know, these are not the same people online that are highlighted these are your average person so i think the average person out there is not you know so focused on this and like i said the the even on the left side i will say i think the online highlights the extreme but it's it's hard to say that even for the left though because then you see stories coming out of just school teachers and school stuff everywhere you see a school district in colorado where the teachers union um basically instructed teachers how to break the law and and disregard what the school board told them to do when it comes to like transgender study, like when it comes to like their surveys and stuff like that, asking privileged information that they are, they said, don't do it in the school. And the union said, if you do it, just do it pen and paper and then don't basically leave no trace. So it, it's really interesting because it's, so it's hard to say that it's, that's just being highlighted online when you see it, at the very local levels across local news organizations highlighting this stuff. So, but I think when it comes to like the extreme vitriol, it is from the most extreme sides. I think the average, like even trans person is just wants to blend in. I actually talk about this quite a bit that, you know, the average transsexual has always just wanted to blend into society and not be seen as trans they just want to blend in as the opposite sex and not make a big fuss about it and so the people that are trying to make a big fuss about it it's hard to fight against that because the people that are blending into society they don't want to step out of this bubble this stealth bubble that they have to to fight back against that so it's hard to get numbers in this fight to be like that's not that's not what represents me those people don't represent me and like we talked about you know the trans community earlier I don't really feel a part of that community because I don't identify with what they believe. And really the trans community, what we see now, it's the queer, queer community. It's the queer theorist. And that's why I, I, we, I use, you heard me use the term transsexual because I see a difference between transgender and transsexuals. Transsexuals have gender dysphoria. We transition. We try to just live our lives. Whereas transgender is this big umbrella term that encompasses non-binary and everything like that. And then, they just want to push queer theory onto society, which is postmodern neo-Marxism, and it gets into a whole different issue. And I don't identify with those people at all. So it seems that the takeaway uh, is whereby, let's say in the 2A community, 
you know, a lot of us may have some varying opinions about how politically involved you should be or or how much, you know, we should really ring the bell. Now, you know, we're not afraid to talk about political stuff here on the channel because uh, I feel like, you know, there is a cornerstone between culture and politics that, you know, look, those crossroads are going to be where your rights are at. And you don't want, um, you know, the government to be able to trample on your rights as a Second Amendment uh, enjoyer, let's just say, you know, someone who exercises their rights, you know, in, in, in every way, shape or form. So you can you can see that even within every community, right, there's going to be a certain group of folks, for instance, uh, within even, let's say, the black community. All right. I've got black friends of mine. Right. That have had people reach out to them and go, you're talking to that guy. Well, don't you know that he's blah, blah, blah. And and then my buddies tell me, bro, like, what are you talking about? Like, this guy's fine. Like, you, you just listen to a bunch of rhetoric from someone. So, again, I can see where the struggles lie, even, you know, within the trans community, because there's so many different schools of thought and so many extremes and so many okay. different different levels to where, how do you even come to some common ground? Like, it almost is like you have to come across people that think pretty much the way you do and kind of write everyone else off a little bit. And every community tends to sort of get into their little safe places, if you will, or whatever you want to call it. They want to get into their, they want to circle their wagons, right? Yeah. And, you know, you've got the wagons in the circle and, you know, maybe each of the little stagecoaches got their little logo on it, you know. <laughs> I don't know. But the point is, though, is that people tend to want to circle the wagons with folks that are the most like they are, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's always, that's, people do that. It's, it's human nature. It's, it's, yeah, it's human nature to to want to do that. Um, I think, again, going back to internet culture, though, it's like, that's part of the issue is, is we all want to see things in black and white. And I, I physically can't see issues in black and white. Like, I don't even know if there's an issue that I would be like, yes, this is a 100% the case. Um, because there's so much nuance in the world. There's so much, um, when it, when it comes to all of these issues, it's like, well, we should, we can look at the nuance here and see what we want to do about this and what we want to do about that. Right. So like when I talk about like the nuance in the trans community or even the LGBT community as a whole, there's so much nuance in there that I think a lot of people just miss. And some people don't want to hear about nuance. They just want their worldview and they want their worldview highlighted and they are going to try to push that no matter what side of the aisle that they're on. That's true. You know, it's it's worth, you know, kind of maybe asking this question, for instance. Like you you'd mentioned earlier that, you know, a lot of folks that are trans, they just want to blend in, be left alone, do their thing, live their life. They feel normal. You know, like you've got energy, you feel good, you're working out, you're doing your thing. Like you you feel like a normal dang person. You're just, you're you, right? Yeah. And most folks feel that way. Well, I wonder if we could put the shoe on the other foot and say, well, maybe society at large, once you pull away from this internet rhetoric and get off of Twitter, <laughs> no offense, Twitter, but look, you get off FX slash Twitter and then get out in the real, real world. Okay. How many people in your everyday life that you would come across are just going to like talk down on you, make you feel bad, make you feel unwanted or make you feel uncomfortable, right? Generally, when people are just out in lar at large, they just do their thing. Like yeah. you do your thing, they do theirs, and no one really gives you a hard time and everything's cool. Yeah. Like wouldn't you say generally though, when we look at, let's just say whether it's trans rights and, and you know, the differences of opinion that people have about trans versus let's say racial issues, uh, religious issues, maybe where you stand on the gun debate. I mean, look, there's so many areas we can say we agree or disagree on a certain topic, but when you get out in society, 
how much of that stuff really matters to people at large in their everyday lives and in just the regular world. It, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. And I, I, I've said this plenty of times and I've been, you know, people want to hate on the South so much, but I'm like, I've been all over the South. I've never, I've never once in real life experienced what I would consider true transphobia. I've never experienced anybody going out of their way to hate for one when you're sitting across from somebody and you can touch that person, there is a level of humanity. It, it humanizes the person where the internet dehumanizes people. And you think you can just say, and you will, you forget the fact that that per that's actually a person on the other side of the screen. And I think that that's the other thing. And I think other people are just, in everyday life. People are, they may see something, they may be disgusted by something, but they're just going to move on They're it, It's just not worth their time. Unless you're really just, miserable person you're not going to go out of your way to make somebody else feel bad in real life but you do it all the time people do it all the time online so that's it's really a huge difference in like the culture of you know living in an internet culture it's true it's totally true well i really appreciate you taking time to you know come down i know we're going to be doing some shooting today oh, and yeah. hanging out i know it's <laughs> one big thing but you didn't know I was going to pull you into an interview, but but look, hey, when I have guests, I always like to try to, you know, register some opinions. And yeah. we're always, look, we love having guests because we like to get some different perspective. I like to know, I like to know, I like to ask the questions. I like to hear it from the horse's mouth myself. I want to know exactly what is involved in a certain issue before I make a decision on how I'm going to take a, a stance against it or have an opinion against it. So it's really interesting. You know, I, I think that, there are so many aspects of the Second Amendment community that I think can be a little bit, I don't want to say troublesome because that's you know probably the wrong word, but let's just say require some nuance. Um, it's a big community. There's a lot of folks that own guns, and there's people on both left and right sides of the aisle that think the other side shouldn't have guns for whatever reason that they can come up with. I like to think, though, that there's a group of people sitting way on the left and way on the right that are throwing rocks way across the aisle at each other, and they're hitting people in the middle. And I think that that's probably where you're going to see the most of this type of a con uh, conversation, um, you know, meet, uh, <laughs> you know, reality, right, is is where, you know, it takes all types. And um, I, I think that there are extremes on either side of the aisle. So it's an interesting point that, that you make here, Sarah, in this. And I really appreciate you, you know, uh, having a chat with me here today on the yeah. channel. And is there anything else you want to register an opinion on before well, we head on for the day? I mean, I think it's important, like I said, to have these conversations. You said, I, yeah, I didn't know if you'd be doing something like this today, but I mean, I always love doing outreach to different communities just to show that most of us are just normal people. Like, I think that's, that's the key of just even coming down here. We're like you said, we're going to, we're going to go out, we're going to shoot. And I think at the individual level, people would come to realize that, you know, me being trans is probably like the least interesting thing about me, but it's the thing I have to talk about the most. Like, I love to talk about guns. I love to talk about, you know, I, with a veteran like yourself, talk about our time, you know, in the service, like mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. Um, whereas we could never talk about me being trans and we could get along just great. I think that that's, that's key. You know, <laughs> that is such a fascinating point that you bring up because it's funny. We were talking about this earlier uh, before we, you know, got to filming today was that when you look at, um, you know, differences of opinion and where people lie on certain topics and when, you know, it comes to our, our gun rights and everything like that, um, you know, it is true that most of us in the pro-gun advocacy side, like, for instance, you know, I'm the Georgia State Director for GOA. 
right? What I love for us to push ourselves completely to the brink of constitutional Second Amendment, where there's no bad gun laws anymore, there's no bad bills we got to worry about, and it's like, you know what, we get to just wash our hands and go, ah, close the book and say, that's a chapter of our life that we can just close and move on from, and that's it, right? Would we like to do that? Yes, we would. We would love to work ourselves out of a job. You look at the anti-gunners, they always want to constantly drum up a bunch of foul things with the Second Amendment because they always want there to be a fight because that's they're getting money in the door and there's all of all of the money changing hands and they got big donors. So it's like they don't want those donor checks to go away without getting too far down the rabbit hole. The point is, I can imagine in your situation, you would probably love for it to be where one day you don't even have to talk about the idea of someone being trans or whatever anymore and just concentrate on just being you. Exactly. I actually was doing an event in Pennsylvania earlier this year with uh, Chloe Cole, who's a detransitioner. We were doing an event and one of the people asked us both on stage, like what we would be doing, what we, what we look forward to be doing when, when this fight is over, like, especially like the transition kids and stuff. And I, 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 I said, you know, I've always been interested in politics, being more of a political commentator. Um, I do my Monday night show um, on YouTube, and it's like that's more based in politics and just news of the day type stuff. And when there's trans stuff that comes up, but it's not a trans focused show because that's not what I want it to be. I just want to shift into normal discussions that's not about trans issues. Sure. I think that, that that should be where the direction that we should go in. We should be looking to that this should be just no issue um, for people to just live their lives the way that they want to and and as long as they're not hurting others then then we can then we can coexist, right? Yeah. But the left I mean a lot of the activists on the left, like you said, they don't want us to coexist because if we coexist, then they have not nothing to fight against. Um, you know, so and they and they have nothing to make money off of it's it's the way that it works in a lot of different areas of society um it's true it's very true so before we go uh where can folks find you you're on youtube yeah so i have my youtube i'm on basically every platform the easiest way to find all my stuff is just go to sarahigdon.com um but it's it's youtube.com slash sarahigdon rumble.com slash sarahigdon um, Twitter and Instagram is Sarah Higdon with an underscore after it. Um, Sweet. But you can find all my stuff there. I'm also a writer at the Post Millennial and Human Events. So you can go find my stuff there. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I try to be everywhere. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me here on the channel. And uh, all right. Well, I guess we're going to read some comments. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to? I talk about the guns that we're going to go shoot. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah before yeah. we go, you just asked what'd you bring? So I brought, um, well, I brought my, my favorite gun to shoot. Probably my favorite gun to shoot is my Smith and Wesson 44 Magnum. It's such a fun, just little hand can just to go out, especially when you're at an indoor range. It's like you go and everybody's shooting nine millimeters and even some AR 15s and stuff like that. But when you pull out that 44 and it goes Ooh. off and the compression in the range, people are like, people start to look and it's, it's just a, such a fun gun to shoot. But then I brought my, uh, my fully custom that I built from the ground up AR 15. Uh, we got to go out and zero that it's, it's, it's virgin shoot. So it's good. <laughs> right on. And then my, uh, then we're going to do some long range shooting with my, my 308. So Let's do it. Good. That sounds like fun. <laughs> oh, we're going to get some rounds down range. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. And I hope everybody has a great day. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will see you soon. Many more videos on the way. We're out.
right. Ooh, buddy. No, that was a great conversation. That was. That was great. Uh, yeah, I love it. I don't think people are going to lose their minds. Fuck.